Welcome to this episode of 10 by 10, which is brought to you by the Department of Business and Innovation at Bucks County Community College, hosted by Dean Tracy Timby. Welcome to the 10 by 10 podcast brought to you by the Department of Business and Innovation at Bucks County Community College. I'm your host, Tracy Timby, and today I have Michael DeMeo, a graduate of our Associates in Paralegal program, who is currently studying at Villanova. Hi, Michael. Hello, Dean Timby. How are you? Thanks I'm for having me. I'm doing fine. Doing okay today on this Monday morning. Great. Um, so I, it's my understanding that you actually were in the, the United States Air Force. I was. I was. I enlisted in the U.S. Air Force right after high school, I, I was 17 years old. I went in in 1987, October of 87. And uh, the reason I enlisted is because m- my father was served in the military, in the army. And I, I, I as a young, young man, wanted to follow my fo- father's footsteps. Although I went into the Air Force, not the army, but I wanted to serve my country and, you know, follow my father's footsteps. So I enlisted right after high school. Wow. How, and how long did you serve? I served from 87 to 89. Okay. I was uh, an aircraft. I was a fighter jet mechanic on an aircraft called the F-15, and uh, my military career ended sure, just just at two years because I had in, encountered some injuries to my knees. Okay. And a couple of knee surgeries. Okay. So I might my career ended. Yeah, and um, then what did you do after the Air Force? So that's interesting, and uh, I guess it, when I came up, so. Before I went into the Air Force, so in the eighth grade, I worked as an electrician. I started working as an electrician's helper, and I worked through middle school, all through high school. And when I came out of military, I just went back to work with the guy that taught me the trade and just started doing electrical work again. And then, uh, so I guess that would be a good segue to go into the next question, like what started my addiction? So unfortunately, like when I was in high school, I kind of drank a lot of alcohol a lot. I was a blackout drinker from the very start. I remember back when I could get my, when I got my driver's license, we were able to drive at 16, you know, get the permit two months before. So then I got my driver's license at 16 and in the 11th grade, I would have to call my friends on a Sunday morning and ask where my car was. Cause I didn't even know how I got home where my car was at 16 years old. Kind of crazy. Right. So when I came out, so like, and I drank a lot in the military and I came out. So Sadly, I was not in a really good place mentally because I didn't want to leave the military. Like I felt like I let my country down. I felt like I let my parents down. I felt like I let myself down. And so the people I grew up out in Delaware County mm-hmm. in the suburbs of uh, I grew up in Drexel Hill. Mm-hmm. And there were people, my friends from high school, they were using cocaine and I fell easily into that trap. And I think I fell easily so easily into that trap because I was not in a good place mentally. And I had been drinking a lot. So then it became an addiction fairly quickly. Yeah. I think a lot of people find themselves in that position where what they thought they were going to do doesn't work out. And then they just, they don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd wish the military set me up a little better than they did when they discharged me, but they didn't. Mm. <laughs> but I think it's differently now when they re- release somebody, there's more yeah. services. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so what made you overcome your addiction? So uh, I struggled for many years. I struggled from 18, 1990 all the way up until 2013. That was a long addiction. Uh, it started off as a cocaine addiction. And then in 2001, I had a knee injury at work. And I had uh, been susceptible to injuries because of the military injuries. So I, I, I slipped off the ladder and I had a pretty serious injury. I had knee replacement right from the 
from the first day the doctor prescribed Oxycontin. Mm. And so I immediately became addicted to those. So I had the knee replacement and they continued to prescribe me Oxycontin for another, another up until I went to treatment, 2013. Uh, I struggle a lot with opioid addiction as well as the crack addiction. And uh, it, I got to a place that, uh, you know, I was at, at, at the end of my addiction, I was hopeless, I was helpless, I was completely desperate. And I, I couldn't think of any other way out. So I, one day I reached out that one night on September 8th, 2013, I reached out to Alcoholics Anonymous and uh, went to my first meeting and people helped me get into treatment. And, and my life has continued to change since then. You know, wow. part of being a box, part of being part of being a box is also part of my story. You know, I never thought that the opportunity to get a college degree at my age would ever, ever happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so. I mean, I know when people are, um, you know, facing addiction, that their recovery is kind of a permanent state, right? They're, they're, you're always working in recovery. And how has the um, pandemic been affecting that? So the pandemic, honestly, for me, my recovery hasn't really been affected by the pandemic. Not, not so much like the physical, like there's physical sobriety and then there's emotional sobriety, right? So the pandemic really hasn't affected my physical sobriety, but it has affected my emotional sobriety a little bit. And honestly, I didn't realize how much my emotional sobriety was affected until we went, like my home group is up in Southerton mm-hmm. and we went, we went back live six weeks ago. And actually it was just like over the last week, I realized like, wow, I'm back on the beam. And like, I was struggling with some certain things, but as far as my physical sobriety, like I, uh, I did find some in-person meetings that were still running in Bucks County. It was difficult. I had to search high and low, but I found them. They weren't uh, the greatest meetings, but, but they served as purpose. You know, and I'm back like me, my recovery has been based on more of a solution based type recovery, like where I've incorporated the 12 steps into my life mm-hmm. and uh, not all 12 step meetings are like that. A lot of them are just discussion meetings, but, but so like, uh, but the other, the other, the big biggest component of my recovery has been my service to, to the community. Like I felt like in my addiction, I was completely selfish and self-centered. Right. So I got in recovery. Uh, my life started to change. God put certain people in my life and I got exposed to community service. And that has been like pivotal in my life. Uh, like for instance, when the curtain first came down, Fitzpatrick, Brian, Congressman Fitzpatrick put his campaign on hold mm-hmm. and he turned it into a volunteer effort. So for like a couple of weeks, I was volunteering with Congressman Fitzpatrick's office. We were building emergency food boxes. We were working with the Bucks County Opportunity Council. I got involved with some other nonprofits. And so that's that that's really has where I thrive in my recovery is my community service. In fact, I'm in the process of creating a nonprofit with the help of one of my professors at Villanova. So like I just service. I love service. I love it. I love trying to make other people's lives better, you know? Yeah. And it sounds like it's really just the opposite of how you were when, um, you were struggling with your addiction. Oh yeah. A complete opposite, a complete opposite. I was so selfish, you know? Yeah. So selfish. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think your story is really, um, inspiring for people who maybe, really having a hard time right now and thinking that there aren't any resources for them because of the pandemic, or they don't know who to turn to or what, what to really do. Um, 
And I mean, you and I were just talking before we, we started recording about how, you know, when you came to Bucks, you were in your forties, right? Yeah. I was 47, yeah. <laughs> 47 years old. And my first semester I lost my mother. So it was really challenging time. I lost my mother. I was just starting the paralegal program. Although I did come from Montgomery County community college. I spent three semesters there, but I transferred into Bucks for the paralegal program. So it was a tough semester, but you know, honestly had a lot of support, a lot of support from professor Costello, professor Seibert had a lot of support from Lizanne Watts. So the, the campus had some really good support for me. And I, and I got through and I prevailed. Like I graduated uh, cum laude from community college, which was amazing. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, so if you had to give, you know, a couple of pieces of advice to, um, you know, people who are just having a really hard time right now and they don't know what to do or they feel like they can't really face their addiction because they feel um, shame or, they're disappointed in themselves. They feel like other people would be disappointed in them. What, what would you say? So that person, I, and the one thing that I believe wholeheartedly, and you mentioned the word shame and sh like there is a stigma with addiction and we we're actually, we try to call it substance use disorder now because there are words that cause shame like drug addict or addiction. So we try to get away with like person struggling with substance use disorder or, or, or person, you know, with struggling with a substance use disorder. But so that person that would be struggling, I need to tell you that there is hope out there. And uh, I know, especially for someone that's addicted to an opioid, that physical withdrawal, a lot of the opioid people struggling with opioid addictions or, or opioid disorder, opioid use disorder, are really so fearful of that, feel that physical pain. And I always like to say, and that's like our big thing right now, we're, we're living in this opioid epidemic. We're, lose i just lost two friends over the last few months that i know pretty well so uh you can get past that physical physical craving you can get past that mental obsession because i did it. if i can do it and i struggled for 25 plus years with opioid and a cocaine addiction and if i can do it anybody can do it but their user resources don't be shameful don't be shameful of 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 your struggles there are people out there that are willing to help. Like if you're a Bucks County resident, either Bucks County Drug and Alcohol Commission has a lot of wonderful resources. Uh, there's, there's other facilities, you know, the, the state department of drug and alcohol, DDAP, they have programs set up for people. So like, just don't be shameful. You know, like I, I always say like back in, in treatment in September of 2013, there was this therapist who used to say every morning, if you get out of here, and you get involved in a 12-step program, your life will change your, beyond your wildest dreams. Well, my life has changed beyond my wildest dreams. I am not the person I was seven years ago at all, not even in the same state. And uh, a recovery is possible. It's totally possible. And like, I just want to say, if there's somebody listening to this podcast and they have a family member struggling, I just want, I want to like, I guess maybe end with this, like, we're not bad people trying to get good. Right. We're sick people trying to get well. And as long as that person's alive, there is hope. There's hope for that, his, of his or she, her's recovery. Right. That was a really great way to put it. Um, and I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown. I don't know if you've read yeah. any of her stuff or seen any of her um, videos, but um, her whole thing is about um, when you can be vulnerable and, um, you know, it kind of, say, this is what I'm struggling with. That's really a sign of courage. That vulnerability is not weakness. It's actually courage. Oh so, yeah. And I think 
I think you have a tremendous amount of courage and um, thank you so much for coming on and for for telling, telling your book story. You're welcome. Thank you. This concludes this episode of 10 by 10. We invite you to listen and share our other episodes. 10 by 10 is presented by the Department of Business and Innovation at Bucks County Community College.